Hello, everybody. Happy Wednesday to you. It's a hump day here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. And what a game it was last night in Baton Rouge with the Caps holding on and remaining undefeated against the Tigers in, a, the, I guess, probably the game of the year for Kentucky. The closest game in, in the Texas A&M game was obviously close. The Ole Miss game for Kentucky, obviously two other games that came down to the wire. Uh, but this game last night was a game that was well played. It wasn't offense was was pretty good for both teams uh, there obviously were was a drought for Kentucky there was a drought for LSU it wasn't a perfect game uh, but it wasn't completely ugly teams made plays when they had to and uh, all in all a, a fun game to watch now I know for Kentucky fans it maybe wasn't exactly a fun game to watch until the final horn uh, when LSU missed the last second shot I believe it was Keith Hornsby at the horn uh, who who missed a three that would have taken the lead and given Kentucky maybe two seconds, maybe 1.8 seconds uh, to get a final shot where they would have had a score. Very unlikely. So all things considered, it probably would have been a, uh, a game-winning shot. But what a what a game. And we're going to talk all about it. What went wrong for Kentucky during that unbelievable run for LSU that that not only put them, uh, brought them back from a 13-point hole, but ended up giving them a six-point lead with uh, around six minutes to play in that game. We'll talk what went wrong for Kentucky, what went right after that. Uh, what was Kentucky able to do to fight back and hold LSU scoreless for really the last four minutes of the game? Uh, and, and what does that say about Kentucky to give up that lead and then to fight back is is it a wash uh, we'll talk all about that Louisville plays tonight we'll talk a little bit about their game uh, I have to talk about the cards here and there they take on Pitt a rematch of a game that uh, was played not that long ago January 25th Louisville went to Pittsburgh and won comfortably it wasn't a blowout uh, but I, I, I don't think anybody that watched that game felt that Pittsburgh had a real chance to pull the upset. So it's going to be a basketball-themed show today, and I couldn't be happier about it. And it's Wednesday. It's hump day. But more more importantly, it's Ask Yates Wednesday, so I want to get you to get your questions in for Yates. Yates, how are you today? Doing well, TJ. How are you? Doing good. Uh, throat's a little sore, and I'm hoping that's not turning into to something serious. I hope it's just maybe a scratchy throat. Uh, but it's a little sore, so something to keep an eye on. Uh, I will be a lot better this time tomorrow, Yates, if I win the lottery. The Powerball up to half a billion dollars. Do you have your tickets, Yates? I do not. I actually uh, I had to fill up on the way here, and I was going to try to get a ticket, but I didn't have any cash, and they won't let you buy a Powerball ticket without cash. Well, obviously. You, did you not know that? Well... I, I knew that, but I thought at one time I was told that if you were paying for other things that they would they would do it, but they, they didn't. So, oh well. Oh, I, I didn't know that. Uh, I, I didn't know that you had to pay for cash. Uh, I've, I've bought in a few. Uh, I, I'm in the, the, the G-Chat message, who used to participate in the show all the time, but they're a bunch of Louisville fans, and with Louisville losing uh, every now and then, not that Louisville has had a terrible season of any sort, they haven't been tuning in as much as a collective group. Uh, but we all went in and bought tickets together. 
uh, and one of the reasons is we did that is because they are the, that G chat is made up from people from all over the country. Uh, well, mostly in Louisville, but they work in different parts. One works in Southern Indiana. One works in E Town. One lives down in Florida. Obviously, you've got a few people in Louisville. Uh, so we we thought that by stretching out our reach, we'd have a better chance of winning and splitting that money. Again, it's incredibly unlikely. But if we get a chance today, maybe Yates will talk about what we would do with that kind of money. Half a billion dollars, which I imagine after taxes would bring you maybe to a little a little over 200,000, maybe 220 or 220 million around that would be my guess without taxes. Uh, Yates, what would you do if you what would be the first thing you'd do if you if you hit that if you hit that amount? Tell no one. Tell no one, not even me. <laughs> uh, tell tell very 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 few people. Why would you do that? Because you think that something would be people would be out to get you. Uh, part yeah, part of it. Yeah, yeah. Basically, people would be out to get me. Either people who I don't know and who have uh, nefarious intent or people who I do know and aren't necessarily meaning me harm, but who, I mean, there, there are people out there who are going to ask for things. So yeah, I would, I would tell as few people as I possibly could. Well, uh, and there is an ask Yates question about that. We'll save that one for the, the final segment. Uh, obviously I, I wouldn't want to be, I'd want to wait and uh, before it became public and have a plan of how how you uh, would announce it and make sure that you you'd be out of harm's way in that sense. But if I were able to win that money, and I know this wouldn't be enough to do it by itself, but I would take that money and see all my options and see what I could possibly do to help bring an NBA team to Louisville. Obviously, I think you'd probably need a little bit more than that, uh, but that could be a step in the right direction. Uh, it, it, I, I wish sometimes I wish I didn't work from home so I could have the fans of the office will know what I'm talking about. The uh, and Yates, I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. An office type celebration where the six warehouse workers. Do you know what I'm talking about, Yates? <coughs> yes. <laughs> say it. Don't spray it. Yates. I, 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 I hit the button to start to say something and then I coughed. So my apologies. Uh, it's okay. It happens. Um, they the the off they don't they the six warehouse workers end up splitting. I, I think it's maybe just around a million dollars. It's not a lot of money, uh, but they all quit their jobs and and go into the office and start uh, destroying things and throwing things in the air. And of course, Daryl from the office doesn't win and he gets depressed. Uh, I would imagine that if if office pools office lottery pools have one before i bet that would be a, a similar reaction to somebody that didn't get in on it to see so many people you work with have their lives change again if you had around a million dollars and you split that six ways that obviously would be a, a nice chunk of change although i don't know if you could depending on how old you are i don't know if you if it'd be the wisest thing in the world to completely quit your job i was, I was gonna say on on top of that is let's say you Let's say it's more than a million. Let's say it's enough to where everybody who wins 
can can quit their jobs for uh, you know let's say some office place wins this half a billion dollars a it's it's terrible if you aren't in it because all these people that you know and are presumably at least friends you know, somewhat friends with ha- now have all this money but they also all are about to quit their jobs at the same place like how how awful would that be if you worked there that would, that would <laughs> and, and be you terrible you one of them if half the Half the workforce at your business just is gone. That that would be, and also Daryl was in charge of all those people. He was in that office lot, and this is the office that this is the office that we're talking about. Uh, this office hypothetical, uh, but he was in that lottery pool until he got promoted to start working upstairs, but still in charge of the warehouse. So you're right; he'd have to take, he'd have to find, and he did. He'd have to find all new replacements for those employees. You know, he was friends with those people. And as as Brundy MC points out to me, they played. He used to be in that pool, and he played. They played his birthday uh, for the winning numbers. So <laughs> on top of all that. Uh, after seeing that episode, I always thought that Daryl was kind of a baby to to let that affect him so much. But all that considered, I, I think that it would it would put you probably into a little bit of a depression. And then uh, the, in the office, they all invest in Asian gay energy drinks, or at least two of them do, and end up blowing all that money uh, in a short amount of time. I don't think I would go with that investment if I were to win the lottery. But I would I would definitely want to invest some of it. I, I would want to put some away with I would want to put some away without a doubt. I'd maybe want to invest some to help make some money grow. I don't know. I don't know. We can talk more about this in the second segment. We need to get to talking a little bit more about this UK game, a wild game. Yates, we were both on the money by saying that it was close. Uh, it would be close. I thought the ten and a half points was crazy. That spread was obviously too high. Uh, maybe not crazy is the right word because Kentucky up 13 shortly into the second half. You have to wonder if Kentucky puts their foot on LSU's throat, if they can really open up that game and maybe comfortably win by anywhere 15 to 20 points. So maybe not crazy, but it did seem unlikely. And as you have it, it was uh, just a two point win. Did you get to watch much of this game? Yates? Um, I saw a little bit of it, uh, Today is actually the wife's birthday, so happy birthday to Mrs. Yates. Wow, that's exciting. So, happy birthday, Mrs. Yates. I thought it was over the weekend. Uh, well, her parents came down from northern Kentucky to take us to lunch over the weekend, but her birthday okay. is actually today. We we went to dinner last night to celebrate, and it was on where we were, so I, I saw most of the first half while we were there, and then we left, and we had to stop at the store on the way home, so I didn't see the end of the game. I see. I see. Uh, I you, think when yeah, I left, though, they were. I think UK was up. I don't know, twelve points or something like that. Yeah, and, and they they started off really Kentucky. It, it was it was a strange half. It reminded me a lot of that Florida first half where Kentucky, Florida came out of the gates and blitzed Kentucky, and you knew Kentucky was going to recover. And when LSU did it, you knew Kentucky was going to recover, but it looked like they got knocked off their feet a little bit. Uh, and didn't really expect LSU to come out fighting that hard. Very similar to what Florida did, uh, and it went. It, it didn't go back and forth, but LSU had this nice little comfortable six point four point margin for most of the first half. First half. Whoa! I'm talking about how I have a scratchy voice, and then it just completely goes away right there. 
LSU was able to get some crazy lob dunks, do some things against Kentucky's defense that we haven't seen a lot of teams or maybe even any teams at all be able to do. Uh, definitely took some time for Kentucky to get settled in on defense. But as LSU was playing so well, eventually uh, Kentucky started to turn it on and and really played efficient offensively. And before you knew it, well, Kentucky had a lead at halftime. They didn't have a lead at Florida, but for that, how that Florida first half went for Kentucky to only be down two, it felt like a big win for Kentucky and a, a little concerning for for Florida. And it had to have the same feel for LSU. LSU played really well in that first half, but as you had it, Kentucky was still up four. Second half rolls around. Kentucky comes out firing, uh, hitting a lot of shots. Carl Anthony Towns playing well. Um, you get a ton of production from your bench. It looks like Kentucky's going to cruise. And John Calipari and a lot of people want to point to Carl Anthony Towns' goal hanging on the rim technical, which the thing is, if you watch that play again, I don't think the ref would have called a technical had Willie Cauley-Stein not scored after that play. If you watch, Carl Anthony Towns goes up, can't dunk, whatever, hangs on the rim, the ball comes out, Willie Cauley-Stein shoots and scores while Carl Anthony Towns was still hanging on the rim. Had it not been for that, I don't think the ref says anything. I don't think he calls a technical, but you couldn't allow that basket to count, and if you don't allow it to count then you have to call what that what the rule is, and it was just that. It was a technical. Uh, and after that, yeah, LSU started to come back. That was a – Kentucky probably would have scored there how he not, had he not done that, and, and maybe that puts it out of reach. But what really jumps out to me was this call, and it might have been when Kentucky was up 8 or 10. Uh, I kind of want to look it up on the play-by-play here. Uh, but Kentucky was what was had you know had a nice lead, and they LSU was was kind of wasting time. It didn't look like they had a uh, anything really great going on. They were down seven. They throw the ball out of bounds, and they call it out on Kentucky. The referees called it out on Kentucky, and LSU gets the ball back, hits a three. At that point, I've got it now. They're down four. That's what changed the game, in my my opinion. Directly after that, you know what? Now that I think about it, I couldn't remember if there was a foul or if there was... No, okay, no, it's right. It was a play that the ball looked out of bounds, and LSU got it, hit a three. This was directly after the technical. So he, he shoots his free throws. He missed his first one. He made his second one. They get the ball. They throw the ball out of bounds. They get the ball back off, out of a bad call from the official, and then they hit the three. I had to kind of run it all through my head because I haven't had a chance to rewatch the game this morning. Uh, and I've been busy working this afternoon, had to kind of replay it all in my head. So that's how it happened. If not for that bad call by the referee, LSU is down seven. Kentucky has the ball with 10 minutes to go. It's a much different game than only down four in that same situation with LSU already in the midst of that run. Maybe then with Kentucky up seven, Kentucky can put that game away or 
or keep it a little too far. Uh, that was the play for me. And the officiating, I'm never, I'm never one to complain about it because my idea is when you're on the road, you need to just assume you're going to get bad calls and you have to be able to overcome that. But they were really bad last night. And it's such a problem in college basketball with referees being influenced by home crowds. Kentucky benefits from it big time at Rupp Arena. I don't think they beat Ole Miss without a favorable whistle. It happens everywhere. It happens at the Yum Center with Louisville. It just refs are so easily influenced by home crowds, and it's a major, major problem in college basketball. And it was last night. I think LSU was in the bonus with about 10 minutes left in the second half. And I, I know Kentucky's not a perfect defensive team, and I know that they make, they make mistakes and they make fouls, but give me a break. You really think Kentucky committed enough fouls and you think they committed seven fouls in 10 minutes when LSU was only at two or three? Come on. The refs didn't help Kentucky at all. And time after time gave LSU chances to win that game, build on their lead, come back from when they were down. On that last play, uh, the referee misses a blatant, blatant walk. And that was after Booker missed his free throw. LSU pushed the ball up the court. And I forget what player it was. Goes on the baseline and just travels. Just It's a, it's a clear travel with two referees, one on the baseline, one on the sideline, and that just don't call it. And then he ends up passing it to, again, I think that might have been Hornsby, who goes up to shoot. And then he throws that ball just completely out of bounds. I don't know if that was tipped by Kentucky. They never showed replays. They never showed a good, good enough replays. But I at least thought it would have been worth a review. Take some time to look at it. And the referees didn't even do that. And you're allowed to review plays underneath the minute. So not the greatest job by officials. Again, that's not why it was a close game. Kentucky, you can't blame the officials for a 22, 21-2 run, whatever exactly it was. One point of 16-to-nothing 16 16 run. You can't blame that all on the officials, but just time after time again, road officials continue to just show, or officials benefiting the home crowd, it continues to happen. And it happened there. I think that was the change in the game. Kentucky should be getting the ball back up seven with about 10 minutes, over 10 minutes, 40 seconds, however much it was, to go. Instead, they give LSU another chance. They hit a three, and then obviously Kentucky just goes cold ice cold for the longest time LSU able to pull into uh, a six-point lead with about 7.38 to play and after that it, it, it went back and forth LSU's lead never got bigger than six but Kentucky didn't take the lead until Carl Anthony's hook shot in the paint with just over 90 seconds to play uh, in the second segment we might talk a little bit more about the lottery I'm going to read some of your tweets but I'm going to spend time talking about whether or not, what does this say about Kentucky? Does it say it's a team that can't hold on to a lead and this is troublesome in the NCAA tournament? Or does it say that this is a team that refuses to lose and regardless of how bad things go, they'll find a way to win? Can it be both? We'll talk about that after this break here on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Stick around.
now, back to the Sports Talker with T.J. Walker. We are back. Second segment, 1450 The Sports Buzz. Rob Blackhawk tweets in, says, Dang it, I hate when 2 p.m. slips past me. Can you recap the first 20 minutes? We talked a lot about winning the lottery because the Powerball is at half a billion dollars. Uh, and we're probably going to talk about that again because it's just – it's. There's never a wrong time to talk about what you would do with that kind of money. It allows you to kind of dream a little bit, hope, maybe takes the the winter cold away for just a few minutes. Uh, so maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that when we talk talked about Kentucky's win, and we're going to continue to do that. Captain Arctic tweeted in earlier that – do you think there's really that much separation between us and the other top five teams? Uh, we can talk about that. Oh, we might as well get to it right now. I'm a man of the people. I I do. I, I, I do. Um, from the other top five teams, yes, but not, not from Duke. I, I think Kentucky is the best team in college basketball. I think most people would agree with that, but it's not very often that the best team in college basketball wins the NCAA tournament. Uh, But I do think that there are only a handful of teams that can beat Kentucky on a neutral floor come March. And I'm not, to me at least, you can't point to Kentucky's close game at LSU and say, look, uh, if LSU can play with them, then anybody can. You can't do that for me because, again, Kentucky's going through this little stretch where they're getting everybody's best shot without necessarily giving their best shot. When was the last time Kentucky gave their best shot against a team, played their best? I don't know. Uh, I I can tell you, though, it it does get hard to play to that level night in and night out. LSU's next game is just going to be another crappy SEC basketball game. But when Kentucky comes to town, they get a sellout. Their first one since 2006, 14,000 people there. And by all accounts from people that were at that game, it was loud and it was crazy. I guess maybe the be- the last time Kentucky actually got up for a game, and this isn't an excuse, this isn't to say, you know, it's, it, it, it can be the same case with any team, any good team. You might really have to go back to Louisville, and I'm not joking. It's hard to be the other team's big game, season-changing game, night in and night out, and to continue to match that effort. Now, luckily for Kentucky, they've got so much talent where, okay, maybe they don't have to match the effort because they're just better. So I, you can't point to me, point to an LSU game and say, well, anybody can play with them, anybody can beat them. I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. Not come, you know, Kentucky still might lose at Tennessee at Georgia. Again, those are the only two games left. And a lot of people, I, I put that on Twitter last night, and that might have been dumb to do because I knew I was just going to get responses that were going to make me upset. But people were talking about how Arkansas can beat them, and I don't think they're going to lose at Tennessee. I don't think they're going to lose at Georgia. I'm not saying that they're going to lose, and I'm not saying that Arkansas wouldn't be an interesting game or a fun game to watch. I'm just saying, in my opinion, the two teams, two games that they could lose are those games. I don't see them losing at home. Arkansas is playing well. They they scored 100 on Auburn last night. Uh, they, they've won at Rupp Arena before. 
I don't think Kentucky's losing that game. I think there's a revenge factor that goes into it. I don't think they should lose to Tennessee, but then again, they, they shouldn't have been so close with LSU. And I, and I really think, honestly, I really think it comes down to the Georgia game. I'm throwing in the Tennessee game because that is a rivalry. It's going to be a, a rowdy atmosphere, and it's a, a, a big game for Tennessee's program as a whole. But really, I, I think the only game they might lose is Georgia, and that'll be a really tough game. I'm getting off topic a little bit from Captain Artist's question. Uh, I, I think Duke can beat Kentucky. I think Wisconsin can beat Kentucky. I think Arizona potentially could beat Kentucky. I think Kentucky's better than all those teams. If they were to play a series, they'd win all those. But that's not what the NCAA tournament is. It's not, not a series. So I don't think there's that much separation, but I do feel there is some separation. And really, outside of those three teams, I really think those are the three teams that can beat Kentucky. I don't think Virginia could. I mean, again, on any given night, I guess maybe they could. But I, I would be surprised there. I'd be surprised with Gonzaga. I'd be surprised with Louisville. I'd be surprised with UNC. But I don't think there's that much separation. Captain Arctic follows that up by asking if I think that Kentucky is getting better playing better than they were in November, December. Yes, I do. I really do. It, it, these kids are 18, 19-year-old kids. They're in school. The weather stinks, and you might think that's stupid, but, you know, it, it's it's boring. This is just kind of boring, a boring time of the year. Conference play to start might have been exciting. UK came out flat, that's for sure. But this is just kind of a boring part of the year for these guys. They're undefeated. They're getting everybody's best shots. That might be exciting. But it's just you're waiting for March. You're counting down the days until you play a meaningful game again, and it's been a while. But I, I do think they're getting better. I, I, I think if this team could go back and play themselves in just November or December, they'd win. You know, it could be close. could be a, you know maybe six or seven points better, but they'll continue to get better. It's just kind of boring. And, and you saw that in the LSU game, and this is my transition, this is my segue. You saw that in the LSU game yesterday when they got up. It would have been, you know, at least in my opinion, I would have thought it would have been just as easy to blow out LSU than to let them back in. But once LSU got the ball rolling and the crowd got behind them, well then, you know, who couldn't see that coming? Who couldn't see at least LSU tying that game up and, and probably taking the lead? It would have said a lot about that Kentucky team if they could have just blown them out. But then you know what the narrative would have been? Well, LSU's bad. SEC's bad. Who cares if, if they beat a bad LSU team? They blew them out because LSU's not any good. All right, well, LSU comes back. You still hear the narrative anyways. But LSU's come back. So what does it say about that Kentucky team to just have the air completely taken out all the momentum you had gone vanished the crowd is as loud as it's been down in baton rouge for a basketball game since maybe since shaquille o'neal was playing who knows there's just it's there's no reason for kentucky to fight back in that game down six. 
you thought it was easy to let LSU come back once they got moving and got momentum and you know a 13-point lead turned into a 7-point lead. Well, how much easier do you think it'd be just to completely collapse when you're down 6 after giving up that huge lead? I'm putting more stock into the fact that Kentucky was able to find a way to win that game than had they been up 13 and ended up winning by 18 or 19. Maybe that's maybe that's stupid to think that but to be able to give up all that to find yourself push back in a corner where every possession counts at that point. You miss a shot, you you may lose that game. Every defensive possession counts. If you give up a point, you may lose that game. And Kentucky did everything it needed to do to find a way to win. I'm putting more into that because guess what? There's not a ton of blowouts in March. It doesn't matter if you're playing a good team, a bad team, a surprise team. You know, look at Kentucky's tournament games last year, and that was mostly against good teams, but all of them close games. March is built for close games. That's why you play that tournament. You win or you go home. There's going to be close games in March. There's going to be much fewer blowouts. Kentucky might blow out both teams in Louisville in the first and second round. But after that, you're going to get everybody's best shot, and you're going to have close games. So I think it's more important to have a Kentucky team find ways to win in crunch time, and especially when things maybe aren't going your way, than to be able to close out an opponent with 15 minutes left in the second half. Would that be nice for Kentucky to be able to do that night in and night out? Sure. Uh, but is it realistic? No way. So that's why I'm putting more into that close game win. And, and there were several people after that tweeted me last night saying, well, you keep messing around with close games, you're eventually going to lose one. Why? why? Why does that have to be the case? Quite the contrary. If you keep finding ways to win close games, then you're going to keep winning close games because you know what it takes. You know what you have to do. And maybe sometimes luck won't be in your favor. Maybe. But this is all just a buildup. It's, it's all just practices until March, until you get into the NCAA tournament. So you might as well have the close games while you can. When, in reality, if things don't go your way, if Hornsby hits that three last night, you lose. You lose and you move on. But they didn't. They found ways to win. And another interesting thing about Kentucky's comeback, another interesting thing about UK's comeback, how about it? With 90 seconds left in the game, Kentucky needs a basket. Down one, who do they go to? They go to their freshmen. This is considered one of the most experienced John Calipari teams ever, or especially at UK. Uh, so much experience, blah, blah, blah. They go to the freshmen to win them that game. And Carl Anthony Towns made a lot of money last night. I mean, a lot. 12 points, 13 rebounds. Yeah, double-double. It's not overly impressive. But some of the shots he was making, not giving up on any of his misses. It's seven offensive rebounds. To be able to to score in a variety of ways, he absorbed contact. Uh, he, He... went away from the basket. And if you remember my biggest critique of him, my biggest criticism of him 
was that he avoided contact by always going away to the basket, away from the basket. If you mix that in with absorbing contact and doing a little bit of both, well, that's just keeping the defense honest and not letting them guess where you're going to go. So I'm okay with it if he goes away from the basket every now and then. And he did that for the go-ahead basket. He made himself a lot of money. And really, I do think Jaleel Okafor is better than Carl Anthony Towns right now. I think he's a lot better in the post. But if you're looking at ceilings, Carl Anthony Towns showed you a lot last night. And of course, his, his jump shot when Kentucky was down six with the shot clock expiring from just inside the three-point line. The one where you had to pump fake, get the guy up, go underneath him. That was an NBA play. It looked a lot like DeMarcus Cousins' game winner the other night. His ceiling's higher than Okafor's. Now, that's not to say that I would take him over Okafor's with the number one pick. I don't know if I would because, you know, Okafor, I think right now is a sure thing, ready to, to play with NBA players, at least offensively. He's a terrible defender. Carl Anthony Towns is years better defender than him, and I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is an unbelievable defender. I think he's good. I think Kali Stein's better. But he made himself a lot of money last night. And again, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not reading too much into Kentucky blowing that lead. Captain Arctic says when UNLV was undefeated in 1991, they blew out everyone, then got in a tight one with Duke and choked. So he does believe that close ones are good reference point for us. You were not alive in 1991, I'm guessing. I was. I was. I was born in 1991. My birthday is in a month. I'm going to turn the big 2-4. It's going to make me start feeling like I'm a little bit older. But, you know, I, I maybe I can pull up Wichita State's schedule last year, but they go undefeated. You know, does people do do they need losses? Do they need does do teams need to lo- lose games? Would Wichita State have beaten Kentucky had they known what a loss was? You know, maybe, maybe this, maybe not. They had some. They had some close games. They had a game that went to overtime. They didn't technically blow out everybody, but you better believe Kentucky was the first team to really punch them in the mouth, to really fight in a game, a game that came down to the wire, and Wichita State loses that game. So I do think there's some truth that you need to be in close games. Even if it's against inferior opponents, it's being able to find ways to win. Again, at Missouri State, Wichita State last year went to overtime. I still found a way to win. Besides that, there wasn't a lot of close games. I think you do have to experience some. And if one results in a loss, well, again, the regular season isn't like the college football regular season. You can take a loss. You can take two losses. And you can live from it and be better for it. But if you can win those games too, then you might as well do that, right? I don't buy into the, the, the theory that teams need to lose. I do think you need close games, though. Brun Deems, he said, quoting me, saying he made a lot of money last night. UK's paying his players. I knew it. Call the NCAA. A lot of times in recruiting stories, not in stories, but when talking about recruiting, I'll say, 
I'll use the phrase made a business decision. And there have been so many times where opposing fans have said business decision. He's so he's, he is making money. Crazy. My sister's boyfriend went to Purdue and, and one of the nicest guys in the world. And my sister went to UK and is a big UK fan. And, and they're, family and even he and his friends even purdue fans i wouldn't have thought it from purdue fans but but they do the cows cheating narrative and blah 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 if you still think cows cheating you need to get a life if you don't think that his nba track record speaks for itself you need to get a life and you better watch out because this year he might send eight or nine guys to the pro i i, I doubt he will but he could captain arctic says dude only 24 so jealous. It starts to go quick the older you get. I'm not looking forward to it. I, I don't know. I can't believe that I was in college for four years and that's gone. So it's already starting to go quick. Anyways, we're going to head to our last commercial break. When we come back, Ask Yates Wednesday, everybody's favorite segment. We might talk some more lottery talk. What would you do if you won half a, half a billion dollars? Let me know. 1450 to Sports Buzz. You're listening to the Sports Talker with TJ Walker on 1450 The Sports Buzz. Ask Yates, it's your last chance to get some questions in before we learn a little bit more about the mysterious man that runs the board, picks the music, and sends us in and out of commercials. And also, as supposedly you've heard, uh, he does some commercials. I still haven't gotten to hear them. I got to listen to the last half of Trevor's show yesterday, uh, but didn't get to hear one of the, any of the commercials that involved you, Yates. Uh, so last chance to get some questions in. We do have some good ones, especially with Valentine's Day this weekend. I look forward to reading them and the big lottery tonight. Uh, I, I can probably say that if I were to win the lottery tonight, I don't think that I would... Be, do, be doing the show tomorrow. And then also, again, my throat's starting to hurt, so maybe I won't do the show because I'm sick and trick you all into thinking that I won the lottery. Or maybe I'll win it, do it, just so you all don't know, although it would be really hard for me to stay focused uh, if that were the case. But anyways. All right, Yates, play the intro. It's now time for the word of the day. Gentlemen, let's broaden our mind. Teach me something new, man. I, I need to learn. With David Yates. My mind is a raging torrent, flooded with rivulets of thought, cascading into a waterfall of creative alternatives. All right. Again, not the word of the day. Uh, I'm wondering, Yates, when we can do a Ask Yates Wednesday promo or intro 
Well, I was I was actually thinking. I don't know what you would think about this. I think it'd be pretty funny if I we just use that same one, but I I can just cut out where he says word of the day, and I'll I'll just put in S Gates Wednesday. I would be fine with that. And it I'll, is it, learning it, it, stuff. I'll just it say it or something, or have yeah. or have Trevor say it or something. Yeah, you know, I think Trevor would be good at saying it. I like that. Uh, I think that works. Um, all right. So supposedly I missed this question last week. This one, again, coming from Captain Arctic. And if you want to get in the conversation, just tweet me, at Rivals. He wants to know, Yates, were you ever in on a high school academic team similar similar to a Jeopardy format? Although I, I, I'm more familiar with a quick recall format. Were you ever on any academic teams, Yates? Um, not in high school, but I actually, when I was in elementary school, I was I did quick recall and Governor's Cup. Governor's Cup, that's exciting. Uh, I, I did quick recall in parts of grade school. Uh, was okay at it, didn't love it, didn't hate it. And that was pretty much the extent of that. Brundy, Brundy MC says that he can send in a soundbite for Askates Wednesday. I'm not sure what that would be. Uh, Rob Blackhawk wants to know, Yates, what's the best live concert you've seen and why? Uh, let's see. I've, I've seen a lot of good concerts. I'll, I'll go with the best one I've seen was last year. I went out to a concert at Red Rocks. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Amos Lee. Who is anybody who knows me will probably tell you that I'm maybe a little too obsessed with him, but he, he's my <laughs> he's my favorite musical artist. Uh, he he did a show at Red Rocks, which is a the most amazing venue I've ever seen, and he did it with the Colorado Symphony Orchestra. Made the show even better. It was just a phenomenal show. Hey Gates, I know this is probably a reach. Are you familiar at all with Mojo Flow? I am not, no. Have you Actually, ever heard I, that? I feel like I've heard that name before, but I don't I've never listened to to any music by them. They're from They're from Columbus, Ohio, I think, and uh, they they play just at a lot of small bars. I mean, they're not they're not a big time band or a rock group or anything like that, but man, anytime I've seen them at some bars, they they know how to put on a show. It is it makes any time at the bars instantly fun. They're actually playing in Louisville on Friday, uh, so I might have to get out there for that. Honorable <laughs> mention, real quick, to that question: uh, okay. the the three headliners forecast last year, Outcast, Jack White, and Beck. They all they all put on amazing shows. Interesting. I heard some people not really like Outcast, and I heard other people say that it was uh, it was fantastic. Uh, next question from Brun DMC. What are you getting your significant other for Valentine's Day? Uh, well, I'll, I'll answer. He he sent two questions. I'll answer them both at the same time because they're related. His first question was, do I get to skimp on Valentine's Day because of the close proximity to the wife's birthday? And the answer to that is yes. Uh, but I don't know if it's... I guess It probably is partly to do with proximity to her birthday, but also... I don't know. She doesn't really care all that much about Valentine's Day. I don't. We don't really treat it as a, a huge deal. Um, so, at this point, I don't. I don't really have anything to give her, and she well, she's okay with that. Just your love. That's right. And again, happy birthday to to Mrs. Yates today on an Ask Yates Wednesday. I wish she would have called into the show 
and ask you a question for a birthday surprise. Uh, oh, well. That, that would have uh, been funny. My Valentine's Day, I, I, I do like doing stuff for Valentine's Day. You know, I, I get that it's a, really just a made-up holiday. Uh, but, you know, it, 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 it can be fun. Unfortunately, Kentucky plays in Lexington on Saturday. So I will be working that game and probably won't get home until 8. Uh, but my girlfriend's very sweet and is understanding of that and is wants to just have a, a stay-at-home cook dinner night. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. I'm sure that will be a good time. But uh, we'll, uh, it's not the going out and dressing up fancy stuff that I'm sure she probably would prefer. But she's being a, a sport knowing that I have to have to work. Uh, anyway, so, so Yates, besides you wanting to stay incognito if you were to win this half half a billion dollars what under you know keep to keep it under wraps once you know assuming that you can people don't you don't become a public figure for winning what would you do with all that money um i guess the first thing i would do probably would be to uh as far as spending it, it would probably be to pay off any debt that we have our house pay off the house cars student loans all that kind of stuff um so that we're we're free and clear of all that then after that probably take some a vacation somewhere i don't know would exactly you- where uh probably italy if i had to guess would you buy anything huge? Would you buy uh, a new house? Would you move to a different city? Would you move to Italy? All <laughs> things that could be done with half a billion? Um, I don't know that we would move there permanently. We might buy a house there to have whenever we wanted to go over. Uh, I don't know. I don't think we would move to an, an, another city. Uh, that we might, like, as, as with Italy, we might buy a house somewhere else, in, you know, Florida or somewhere like that, but I think we probably would stay here. I'm not 100 percent certain about that, but I think we probably would stay here. But I, I might, I might buy a new car though. I, <laughs> I, yeah, I definitely would buy. I'd buy a new car for myself and buy my girlfriend a new car because hers. I think the wheels are going to pop off at any any moment. Uh, again, I would be content living with living in Louisville. Again, I might buy places in some other cities. I don't know. Uh, I definitely would want to get out to Hawaii where supposedly Captain Arctic, uh, who is a regular listener, goes on vacation all the time. Just isn't very fair. Uh, but again, I'd want to take the majority of that money and see if there's any way that I could become a majority owner or, you know, an owner, uh, somehow, an owner, an owner anyway, and bringing a NBA. NBA team to Louisville. I guess I would settle with an MLS team. Two hundred and fifty million would have to give me an MLS team in Louisville, uh, assuming that that's you know around how much it'd be after taxes were taken out. I'd assume that would have to be enough for an MLS team. That would be my consolation. And then you know, obviously, give some money to the parents and siblings and do all that stuff. Brun DMC says that he'd pay off parents and siblings' debts new vehicles for them. He'd build a house in Dallas or Fort Worth and UK season tickets. Uh, he said he'd also buy out your radio show and just let you continue doing the radio. Uh, that would be... Thanks, that'd be great. Yeah, 
Fantastic. That would be fant- that would be that would be nice. As long uh, as I don't get replaced by somebody better. Oh, you know, you'd have to see. You'd have to see what Brun DMC wanted to do with all that money. Uh, but man, it would be cool if somebody you knew or yourself were, were able to cash in on some of this money. Again, obviously, I think it's just a, a pipe dream at this point. But has been a fun show today, talking and recapping Kentucky's win against LSU. I didn't really get to get into Louisville's matchup with Pittsburgh tonight, but if they're able to win at Pittsburgh, you think they're going to be able to win at home. Uh, they haven't looked great at home, so this is a good chance for them to to get some sort of rhythm because there are going to be some tough games uh, back at the Yum Center later this year, Virginia, obviously, Notre Dame. Yates, what's your prediction for the Louisville-Virginia game tonight? Uh, is Louisville-Pitt? Louisville-Pitt, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, I'll say Louisville. Actually, here, here's my prediction for tonight. A fifth person on the team scores. Ooh, that's a big one. That's a big one. I heard you get really defensive over Wayne Blackshear on Trevor's show yesterday. I, I mean, yeah. Look, I know he's not what he's not up to wh- where everybody wants him to be. I think he gets a little bit of of a bad rap because of that. I mean, he's for for being the fourth option on the team, he's not awful. He's just not what everybody thought he was going to be when he came in as a McDonald's All-American. So I, I, like, I like to stick up for him some. If you have the ex- his expectations uh, under wraps, then I think that it's it's. I think you're right. You shouldn't expect too much out of him. Uh, but he he does need to be a little bit better if Louisville's going to go f- far into the tournament. Uh, but I, I, you aren't arguing that either. So, uh, but but what was your Louisville pit prediction for tonight? Um, I'll go Louisville 66, Pitt 58. Okay. Uh, I, I think Louisville, I think Louisville gets a big win. I don't think Pitt's that good. I'll go 71, 54. So something to keep an eye on, something to watch. Also trivia night tonight for some of my friends and me. Uh, we're, we've won twice since December looking to go back-to-back tonight, which would be huge. Uh, always have trouble coming up with good trivia names. And don't, don't you know, you can Google them and look up some of the other, the classic ones. We did do four white guys and an Egyptian for a few times that got a, a few good laughs. Uh, but you can't, you know, you got to be topical. You got to come up with something new. Uh, so we'll, we'll have to think of one for that. But we were allowed to go over a little bit today because Trevor's running. Trevor's out. Uh, so, but but time to wrap it up. Thanks everybody for participating in today's show. It's always fun when you all get involved. Another successful Ask Yates Wednesday. Learn just a little bit more, and uh, hopefully one of you all, me, Yates, somebody, uh, might be a, a little bit richer come the show tomorrow. We'll be doing it anyways, regardless. Uh, Fourteen fifty, the Sports Bus. Thanks for listening. We'll see you then. When the city of lights still glow To my old Kentucky home My old Kentucky home oh, They say welcome to the 502 Take the Georgia boy, show them how Kentucky do Uncle Priest classics, paint Kentucky blue They say don't forget 270, be hitting two Song call it bluegrass, song call it purple I'ma call it home